We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. James Ham here. And before we jump into this edition of the King's Beat podcast, I want to take a brief moment to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Prize Picks. If you want to liven up the way you watch Sacramento Kings games the rest of the season, then Prize Picks is for you. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy game and covers any sport you watch, including the NBA. Now, usually when people think of fantasy games, they think of having to set lineups, salary caps, and competing against hundreds, if not thousands, of other players. All for a shot to win just a small slice of a huge pie. But Prize Picks is different. You're not competing with anyone else to win big. It's just you versus the numbers. So how does it work? It's simple. You pick two to six players and predict if they'll produce more or less than the prize picks projections. If your predictions are correct, you can win up to 25 times what you entered. Need more clarification? Here's an example. You could submit an entry for De'Aaron Fox to score more than 27.5 points and Demonis Sabonis to rack up more than 39.5 points, rebounds, and assists combined. Hit on both, and you win. Price Picks is fully operational to residents in over 30 states, including California. And for King's Beat listeners, Price Picks is offering special deals for new players. Use the promo code KINGSBEAT, all one word, to receive deposit matches up to $100 when you sign up through the link to the prize pick location in the show notes. Prize pick entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, so you can join in on the fun quickly and easily. Plus, prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals within 24 to 48 hours. Thanks again for tuning into the King's Beat podcast, and thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring this episode. Start playing today, and remember to sign up using the promo code KINGSBEAT when you do. Now, on to the podcast. He turns, he fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weber back to Bibby, has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for yours.
Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I'm James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, just because it gets under somebody's skin out there, Fox 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? Well, it's pissing rain outside, so uh, you know how I'm doing. I had to, got my candle lit, and I'm not the only one this time. This is the Japanese cherry blossom, and it looks like someone else does. <laughs> uh, the other man holding a candle is Brendan Nunez from the King's Pulse podcast. Brendan, you've given in to Sean's weird uh, candle lighting strangeness. What do you got for my, us? My candles have nothing to do with Sean, for what it's worth. This is just... Uh discovered similarity that we have <laughs> uh odd. but but we part ways when it comes to the 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 plug-in sense like you don't like the uh glade plugins or the i'm telling you man that's a whole new ball game that that that'll that'll fix up your pad right don't you world. yeah explore your horizon <laughs> open your horizons widen them. no Look at that. I can tell. I can tell. I can just, don't be offended. And you might be, and I probably don't. I can understand. But Here the room that you're offensive. in right now, I, I can tell it's probably a little musty. Got a little got a little scent mm. to it. So <laughs> so I I can help that I can help. We can make this uh Sean, I think it might be a shoes. For you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I keep my shoes my shoes are up. They don't get worn very much, you know, so Yeah. I'm not talking about his regular shoes, Sean. Yeah, Sean didn't pick oh. up on that one. Come yeah. on, oh, man. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Come we'll, on, we, we, man. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> no, we won't. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've been but, having a good time as we're show prepping today, uh, which our show prep, uh, basically, it, it revolves around Brendan putting on a beanie to call people to do to do his real job and go thug life on somebody and, like, you know, lay down, lay down the law in his in his real job, uh, but wearing a beanie, and then of course he takes a beanie off to join us, uh, just to show that you know he's got to get in character when he when he does the other job. Oh, it's hiding! It's, it's hiding! It is on there. Oh, look at about. you! You look like you're uh, about to go play an ac- an acoustical set in a in a coffee shop somewhere. It's for, it's for the Jack Johnson bit, you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, Sean, uh, yeah, <laughs> what is happening here? What is it's raining, and I know you love the rain. You got love the it. candle lit. You got the rain flowing. What's going on? Oh, you know, nothing much. <laughs> I mean, like, look, I like the fact that uh, we're entering. I think we've been in a really cool stage of the season already, but um, we're past. Like everything now is just ramping up. Everything's playoff environments and and toughness is being shown and physicality is being shown and weird ways to win are being shown. And, uh, I think we're, we've just passed a peak in the season where you got to go up against the NBA's best and see how you measure up. And, uh, you gave it a great effort. And look, I know there's teams hate moral victories, but I think that's a game that the Kings should have really felt pretty good about. I think so too. Um, so what Sean is, of course, referencing, the Sacramento Kings dropped a tough one. It's only the second loss since uh, the All-Star break, 133-124 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and things got uh, physical. Things got physical. And so we're just going to—we got some, some clips today that we're going to play. 
We might play this clip like 14 times during the, the pod, but here's here's mm-hmm. the first clip. 100%, you know, I, I don't know what happened, but so we ain't taking no shit from nobody. Trust me on that. And they all gonna have each other's back in there. That don't mean we gonna go out there and start something. We're not. But we're gonna stand up for ourselves and each other. Nobody. We ain't taking it from nobody. I, I oh. thought that was that was a great moment. It was a great moment. Uh, unpopular opinion. They Trey Lyles did kind of. I don't, he didn't start it, I guess, to Mike Brown's point. But he absolutely escalated it, right? Like Giannis was very petty with the way that he was dribbling why's, and sort of. Why is that a Why is that an unpopular opinion? I don't know. I mean, it's facts, right? I mean, uh, among the Kings fan base, it didn't seem the most popular. I oh, guess really? That be surprising. I no. think there were multiple escalations of the same pettiness so it do was we have petty. are we able to look at it are we able yeah to look at it? well yeah i guess we should start there uh let's analyze it like the zapruder film yeah we should just we're gonna uh sean was he had camera rolling which was good so we're gonna get straight to uh you know like the fisticuffs right here There it is. My favorite um, part might be me going, oh. Hey, was that oh, you I was going to ask? It was either <laughs> you or me. One of the two no. of us said, oh. It, I remember doing it because I did it when I saw him shove Giannis. And uh, yeah, sorry, Trey Lyles. Um, it, it was, if it was out of character, I believe you. Although you are reading the book American Psycho, which <laughs> that's ironic. Um, I was wondering if Huey Lewis in the news was playing in his head as he was like, or Whitney Houston, the greatest or, uh, or love Phil song. Collins. Yeah, or Phil Collins. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Brennan maybe. has no idea what we're talking about. No, he doesn't. He doesn't even know what the Zapruder film was, and I referenced that a minute ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Trey Lyles looked like someone pissed on his shoes, and uh, I can relate to that because <laughs> can I you? have many a shoe. Well, no, I can't, but if someone did, I would be Brennan, curious. can you relate to that? <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> um <laughs> and and you know what I did was it a what sorry what Giannis what Giannis Atetokounmpo did was the equivalent of in baseball when you ground out fly out whatever and then you happen to walk across the pitcher's mound that's that's what happens like he yeah. he he did an unwritten rule he went and walked into a guy and I don't have a problem with Trey trying to make a play on the ball even though the game is over. I have a problem with Trey shoving Giannis at the end as if to be like, hey, get out of here, even if it was a little, you know, small little shove and 
it's still a shove nonetheless. I don't well, know I'll say, like in Trey's defense, like yeah. he smacked at the ball, Giannis grabbed his arm and pulled. And and so like we had this like so I think there was like these little mini escalations like yeah. again and again and again. Um uh, again, he didn't need to walk in front of Trey. Uh no. Trey didn't need to swat at the ball. Giannis didn't need to grab his arm. Trey didn't need to push him. Uh, and you go By the ahead, way, Bro- but but Brooke Lopez, no problem with him saying, "Hey, knock that knock that shit off." Yep. Stepping up for his teammate. I and agree. mind you, Brooke Lopez was half cocked for the entire second half. I mean, this dude was just he was pissed off already. He was pissed off about the offensive foul where he dunked on Harrison Barnes. He was pissed off about uh, I think did he get a T? I felt like he got a T. I know Chris Middleton got a technical. I guess I'd have to go back oh, and yeah. look. I can't remember. But he was absolutely uh as my grandmother would say, madder than a wet hen. <laughs> and it, it took only that moment for him to he was doing the right thing, stepping in for the teammate, saying, Hey, knock that off. Trey piped off, you put hands in his face, then started choking him like escalated quickly that that did uh but you know sean i think the uh the real thing is it's better to be pissed off than pissed on um <laughs> yeah it always is always yeah, is yeah yeah so uh um, brendan your thoughts <laughs> brendan your thoughts i think that um <laughs> trey lyles did escalate it but i also understood why he was annoyed with what Giannis did i think that the image of Trey's hand holding on to Brooke's neck is not going to be great for him he, and makes me question in, right? looked a little tough yeah yeah um it makes me question if there's a suspension in the future i don't think it'd be long term or anything like do, it you, does. do you guys think do you guys think a one term yes. like a one game yeah 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 100% i would bet uh i'd bet the the house on it uh i one, hope it's one game or longer that. I could see it going to. I don't think it'll be more than. I think it. Look, it's it's probably going to be the both guys get one, both him and Brooke Lopez. I don't think Brooke Lopez, in my opinion, deserves one. That being said, uh, sometimes the league has a funny way of just saying one game for each party. Uh, but Trey Lyles was the aggressor. He was the escalator. And if anyone deserves it, it's going to be Trey. I think Trey would tell you that, even though. Um, he points out what what escalated or at least in his mind what what started it all and uh i think cooler heads especially after him seeing the video probably would say you know he, he, i probably deserve a suspension okay so let's get to what trey lyles did actually say this is a rarity just so people know this when players get thrown out of games especially for something like fighting they usually are gone by the time we get there trey lyles uh stuck around did his workouts did all of the things he usually does post game um and then he came in the locker room we're like huh there's trey interesting he went and took a shower came back out said all right let's do this and so let's get to uh trey lyles from the locker room good guess so trey uh i guess what happened out there uh i think fox did it pretty well you know could have been avoided just dribble it out um if you watch it, i was just walking back with my head down and cross in front of me reach from behind, kind of clamped down on my arm, so I pushed to get my arm off. He sold it a little bit. Um, it was nothing personal, but, you know, a bigger guy walks down on me. Um, I'm not really one for, for talking, I think. Uh, you know, I've showed it a lot. You know, it takes a lot for me to get uh, out of character. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not going not gonna to go for that. So. Do you feel that kind of shows something about the makeup toughness of this team that 
you won't, guys won't back down from a situation? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot of people probably say, you know, it's, it was cheap or whatever. It's at the end of the game. But, you know, it's at the end of the game. Then, then why initiate it? Um, and if you're going to do that, then, you know, you have to be ready for the repercussions of it. So, you know, I'm not saying it's right by any means. But, you know, whatever what happened what, is what happened. Is it good for you that you know that your teammates are there for you and they surrounded you so quickly? Uh, for sure. You know, uh, I think Don Austin Fox was one of the first ones there. HB was in there. So, you know, it just goes to show that we have each other's back um, and no matter the situation. So, you know, I think for it, it would be equal for, for anyone that was in that situation. Are you pretty pleased? There we go, Trey Lyles. Um, I like the fact that, I mean, Sabonis is in the middle the entire time, like, trying to separate these two gigantic dudes. And those are both really big human beings. Like people, they just look like normal. I Like if you're watching on TV, but like in a setting like that, those are, that's like 21 feet of, of three dudes fighting it out. Uh, and I thought it like, again, this team keeps taking these steps uh, where, you know, they, they can get beat. I mean, they can get a win, but it comes in a bad way and, and Mike Brown can light them up. They can correct themselves and get uh, even a bigger win against a team like the Phoenix Suns on Saturday. They can lose a game against the Milwaukee Bucks, but at the same time, I think send a message. Like, the message in that game was very clear. Like, just what Mike Brown said. Like, we're not taking that shit from anybody. And I, I think that that's a good thing. Like, this team just went through three really, really tough teams and came out with a 2 and one record. And... That's like every step of the way they they seem to surprise us with what they've got, and yeah, they lost to the Bucks, but that was a heck of a game. I mean, they they gave up eighty points in the second half. You're going to lose that game uh, because yes. your defense didn't step up. But overall, like I guess like, we're just like in the maturation of a team, we're seeing these this team kind of nitro into who they're going to be. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fight. Yeah, I have no issues. And I think that, like like I said, I thought Trey kind of escalated it to that point, but I understand how he got there. And I like what everybody said post game. I like what Mike said, that we're not going to take shit from anybody. I think that's exactly what the mindset should be. I think that we were clamoring for that in years prior, and it's good to finally see that this season. And also like De'Aaron Fox coming out and saying that if Giannis didn't start it, nothing would have happened. You know, like I think that that's what these guys are just supposed to say. They have their guys back. And I I think that's exactly where this team is supposed to be. And when it comes to the game overall, like Sean said, I I get no moral victories, but I felt really good from Sacramento's point of view after this game. Like they fought a hard fought game against the team that is rightfully the championship favorites. That first half was maybe some of, the best half of basketball we've seen from Sacramento all year. They were just hitting a ridiculous amount of shots and Milwaukee was on the other end of that of not able to knock down threes. But I thought that they did a solid job defensively and to show that the number one offense in the league is still able to be that productive against the best defense in the league is really encouraging. That was a question to me going in that, you know, sometimes shots aren't going to fall to the same extent, the 42% that Sacramento were able to convert last night on, on 50 attempts, by the way, which was ridiculous and part of the game plan going into it. But I thought it was just a phenomenal performance. Like if this was game one of a series, which is getting ahead of ourselves, obviously, but like I would feel like it would be a competitive series moving forward. 
<laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I agreed with everything until that point. Um, I I mentioned to James. I've said this before. Um, that's probably the worst matchup in the league historically over the past couple of years for the Kings, and and this year's no different. Um, th- I think the only difference is is Demonis Sabonis was an absolute force, um, even for that defensive team who's got a defensive player in the year candidate and Brooke Lopez. And I mean, they got defensive player of the year candidates all over that team. Um, he, he was extremely aggressive, uh, goes over his season high for, for shot attempts, which I like to see. And, uh, they really had no answer for him. Um, the first half, Brennan nailed it. I mean, they were, they were so effective. They were so good. Uh, and and oftentimes some of the sometimes we see games like this and you look at the other team and you go man what's what's not working for the opposition here uh, like they had all their pieces Giannis played obviously he was incredible with forty six points but like we've seen games like this where all of a sudden the a, a Kings team can come out and 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 play very very well and and some people might say oh well you know what the other teams didn't have it that night I thought both teams were at peak performance i mean i I thought the 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 bucks played their game all throughout the game the first half the second half obviously they made an adjustment and you know stepped on their neck we get it they pulled away that's a team that would probably beat the kings eight out of ten times if they played um but i'm just saying to me i feel like both teams played incredibly well it wasn't like either one was was uh was not performing up to their up to par if you will and yeah that that almost makes you think that a series between these teams would be fun you know i i tend to think the other way in terms of i just think milwaukee is so dominant and so heads and tails above where the kings are but that's okay like that that i mean the only time they would meet up in a series would be the finals and i don't think anyone's betting on that one no matter how well the kings have played this season so um yeah i i really enjoyed the game uh it it exceeded my expectations and and I really feel again the Kings showed a lot I mean I think they showed a tenacity I think they showed the toughness and and even the fight and the grit that they've that they've had but a moment like that can bring your team together in a fun way and I think it happens at the right moment I mean you look you had one loss since the all-star break things are really clicking for you in terms of the win-loss record but even in these wins, you found so many things to be overly critical of and, and recognize that shit like that won't fly in a playoff series. Well, in the past two games, in my opinion, they've shown the ability to address some of those moments and look to correct them uh, with just the littlest steps. And I think they went a long way last night. And, and that has nothing to do with the altercation, mind you. I think the altercation just kind of might bring the locker room a little bit closer together and, and, and have it as a, uh, a galvanizing moment. And you've got a great quote from Mike Brown that we just heard from James. And it's, it's, I think, I think that game is going to be a game where you look back at the end of the season with the success of the failures. And we've had some of these moments uh, that we can circle throughout the year. I think the Clipper game obviously is one of them, uh, but you'll look at this and remember this game because it, it really meant so much to this team and the growth that this team will show. Yeah. So, like again, they lost, and like yep. moral victories. Like we've we've talked about moral victories, and like I know we were. I was walking on the hall with um, with Chris Biederman, and he said, "You know, I, well, I'm not someone who believes in moral victories. It's like, well, that's because you covered this team for like like five months. Five minutes. Like, 
like try covering a team for for 12 years that that all you have is moral victories like that i mean realistically for 12 years that's all you have is a game every once in a while where they just play better than they than they should they play up to you know they could go against a team like milwaukee and lose by five and you think okay that was probably the their best performance of the year even though they lost um that's because for years that's what you dealt with so like i I don't want to pin like this season exactly shouldn't have a bunch of moral victories because they're good and they they shouldn't have to you know feel that way that they they had some moral victory but I'll, i'll say this you went up against um like literally the most freakish at athlete that i think the nba has ever seen right and Giannis. i mean watching him play live is just crazy but that's not it with that team you brooke lopez is like the front runner for nba defensive player of the year he's averaging two and a half blocks a game he's just been incredible all season long and then when he wanted to shoot a three ball from 30 feet away, he just laces it. You're like, I, I cannot believe how clean of a three-point shooter he is. On top of that, you have Drew Holiday, one of the best defensive guards in the league. He's an all-NBA defender, probably second team. Uh, Middleton, very good defender. Gritty players all over the court. Bobby Portis, another gritty defender. And then you look at the stat lines, and Sabonis had 23 points. 17 rebounds and 15 assists against the best defensive center in the game right now. De'Aaron Fox, who lives in the paint, had 35 points against A, a, a top-tier defender in Drew Holiday, but B, Brooke Lopez standing in the middle of the key, blocking shots, and he still had 35 points. Kevin Herter comes out and was just a flamethrower. Eight made three-pointers. Like, the Kings played their game. The problem is their game is also that they're not very good defensively. And they faced a team that not only can, they can get enough stops to beat you, where most teams in the NBA right now can't, they just can't get enough stops to beat the Kings. And so I think like Boston, Boston can get those stops that they need, but there are very few teams right now in the league that can lock down a team like the Kings and get enough stops to beat you. And that's why we're seeing the Kings go eight and two over the last 10. That's why we're seeing them as a third seed in the Western Conference, because they are that good offensively. So, so while I, I I do like want to give props to those guys for being an incredible team with incredible length and also the experience factor that they have, they've been to a finals, they've won a finals, they are a team that has all of the the playoff experience and everything else that you want. The Kings still went toe to toe with them, and and they lost because they they're not there yet defensively. And can't get the stops. And God forbid you find someone in the league that could somehow stop Giannis Antetokounmpo when he wants to score. Like, uh, I don't know what you do. I wanted to give Chemezi Metu a hug because he was getting blown by every. Look, there's a lot of guys in the league that look like that. And, uh, majority of them look like that when they have to guard Giannis. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it was so routine. It was like beating him like a drum every single which way. Just blow right by every single time and uh really wanted to give him a hug man that was that's that's a tough one i felt yeah he even got like space jam dunked on like go go gadget arms it was either him or it was harrison again like what are you gonna if you're harrison what are you supposed to do you can do i know like you just looked at him i mean he's he's not just like two or three inches taller than harrison barnes but he's like probably eight inches wider through the chest than harrison barnes and his long his arms are 
at least like his wingspan is probably eight to ten inches longer than Harrison Barnes' wingspan. Uh, I don't know what you're supposed to do, Brendan. He's he's ridiculous. He's like a guy that I don't know if I'm a. Uh... Yeah, well, I'm making a 2K reference here as a heads up. Here He's a go. guy that if I was playing 2K and that guy was on the other team, somebody made that player, I would quit the game. I'd be like, this isn't fair. This is not realistic. What the hell is this? Like Giannis is absolutely ridiculous. And it seemed like a bit of the gameplay. And by the way, that Mike talked about it post game. Tell me if you guys disagree that it was kind of like, you know, Giannis is going to do his thing. Let's make sure nobody else gets out of hand. And... That's sort of what we saw in that first half. And, and I think a big theme in these last three games for me is physicality with this with this Sacramento team, specifically on the defensive end, right? And that New York game was the start of it where they won, but Mike totally lit, lit into them post-game about offensive rebounds and just they got bullied by New York and out physical. And then in that Phoenix game, a team that is good on the offensive glass and also a pretty physical team, they did a good job matching that. And I thought they did a really good job again in this Milwaukee game, which is probably the most physical team in the league, best defense in the league. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I thought they did a good job matching that, especially in that first half. And, you know, all the praise to Giannis is well-deserved when he's putting up 46, 12, and 4. But really in that second half and specifically fourth quarter, it was Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez pick and roll that was getting whatever they wanted. And I, I will say, I think the one guy that has been struggling notably recently is, is Keegan Murray. And coach talked about the beginning of that third quarter, quarter, Chris Middleton got some easy looks and that got him rolling a little bit. Right. And then he's able to hit some tough ones later. And this was actually a season high for Chris Middleton. He ends up putting up 31 and obviously he missed a good portion of this at the beginning of this year as well. But Keegan Murray played less than two minutes at the beginning of that third quarter and was a notable part of defending that Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez pick and roll. And like, I don't want this to come off as like me being down on Keegan Murray or anything. I think this is just a learning moment. I don't think it says anything about his long-term projection. I think it's good that he's getting assigned to Chris Middleton, Devin Booker and things like that. And it should be expected that he's going to struggle in those matchups. Um, but that's been the reality recently. He played 22 minutes last game, 15 in Phoenix, 25 in that New York game, and he's averaging just under 30 on the year. So he, he's been the standout to me when it comes to just still needs to get used to the physicality in my mind is kind of what I've seen from Keegan recently. And that's where Kessler has been a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I didn't hear the the full post game from Giannis or or Brooke or, um, or Chris Middleton, but... I think Middleton said that, uh, from what I read, that that um, he thought Keegan Murray was way further along defensively than he was when he came in the league, and so that was something to note. Um, and you know that's a player that that a lot of people have compared Keegan Murray to is Chris Middleton, and I think the more we see of Keegan, the more we see sort of the Chris Middleton comparison. You know, a lot of perimeter play. Uh, whether it's even like 18 to 20 feet I, that Keegan hasn't shown at all, but you know, he's got, um, he just doesn't have the, you know, the Kings aren't allowing that yet. Um, but still like similar style of player. And, and I think Giannis said the same thing, like he brought up, he said the Kings just don't have the experience yet. And that's okay. Like all of these things that we're seeing from this, like if I told you guys, uh, like if, if we're sitting here doing this podcast 
And the Kings just went 0-3 over the last three games against the Knicks, the Suns, and the Knicks, who had won, what, 9 out of 10. They lost a night, uh, two nights before, but 9 out of 10 coming into that game. But the Knicks, the Suns, and the Bucks, that they went 0-3. I, I don't think any of us would be sitting here like, oh, they're in trouble. No. That's not, that's not where we would be. We'd be like, all right, what are you going to do? Like, those are three really good teams. Sometimes you lose. But the fact that they went two and one to me is really shocking. Well, and, and to that point too, I, I'm, I'm bringing it up here as we speak because I remember looking at it uh, just the other day, and to the point of like, would anyone freak out if they had had if they had a losing streak like that? I don't think they've lost more than three games since, since November. Like November, yeah, yes, yeah, November. Um, I mean that's that just shows the competitive nature of this team. Um, and, you know, look, I, we like to talk about just how this season started. I mean, it was a four-game losing streak. You know, you had some people within the walls of the organization freaking out about that. Um, but I don't think this team was. I mean, all those games were rather competitive. Uh, and that's the thing that is the overarching theme of this of season is the level of competition that this team plays with. Like, you don't see them blown out of games. You don't see them suffer these long losing streaks um, as we've seen in previous years. They're built differently. They're built in a way to uh, put together competitive basketball games and bounce back quickly. And, yeah, you've got several stints of long winning streaks, but they don't even get too high during those moments. You know, it's something I was paying attention to earlier, which is a team that hasn't experienced moments like that, how high do they feel? How high do they get with the highs? How low do they get with the lows? And remarkably, they've been very composed all all throughout the season. Um, and so, I don't know. I think it's it's a big testament to the it's a big testament to the way this team has been built. And um, you know, it, it's it the, the some of the players that have been on this team historically, they've been through the ringer. And so, you know, you, you can we've talked about how apathy sets in when you lose so much and. When you become a 500 team, sometimes it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. But this team has shown the ability to be a winning basketball team, and with that, has brought a different sense of fortitude along the way. So, um, I really love the competitive spirit with this team, and uh, I think they showed it again. I, James, you mentioned it. Gian- Giannis talking about, well, they just don't have experience, and that's why I say this game, this loss to Milwaukee, is a game where they'll look back and go, "This can be a turning point for the way." this team goes forward like this is one of those um stepping stones if you will so you know if this team is to is to able to build off the success of this season and and you know it's not it's not given but if they if they improve upon this season going into the next season and they're able to take that step further this will be one of those games they can identify and say you know this is a moment where it didn't necessarily start here but it was certainly something that helped bring us to this point in the entire post all-star break run has really changed my perspective on this Sacramento team. Like they've taken care of business and it was very much an emphasis um, that the players and the coaching staff has, has talked about that was talked about prior to the all-star break that after the fact, we need to make sure that we're coming out and keeping our foot on the gas because some teams are going to have lulls. And if the Kings don't, that that will give them an edge. And that's exactly what we've seen. They've been eight and two and they're playing a lot of teams that, they very well could see in the postseason like that 
Portland team, they took care of business. I don't know if Portland's going to be there, right? Um, OKC, they took care of business twice. New Orleans, they took care of business. Those are teams towards the bottom of the play-in that like maybe that's a possibility, um, but totally took care of business in those games. And then they beat the Clippers twice in two really hard-fought games. There's that one classic, obviously, double overtime. And then the Clippers come into Golden 1 Center, obviously wanting to get some payback for that last game that they lost, and Sacramento mm-hmm. took care of business. Um, they they beat a New York team that was totally rolling. The Phoenix Suns could be the team they see in the second round if Sacramento does get there, and they took care of business, albeit no Kevin Durant, you know, and, like, they lost to Minnesota. Minnesota's been rolling, and um, but you're not going to win every single game. Like, I think that they've played some good quality opponents in this time, and I, I feel like we've learned a lot, you know, that there's games where maybe – the defense is still totally lackluster except for 10 minutes. But I I really do think the games that they can lock up for 20, 25 minutes that they are going to be in it going into the fourth quarter. And when it comes to Milwaukee locking up for 24 minutes, isn't going to be enough. But I think that against most teams in first and second round, like you're giving yourself a shot. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with both what, what both of you guys are saying. Like, and I'll just, so we have it out there. Um, the Kings, after their seven-game win, win streak early in the season, uh, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Uh, and then on Friday night, uh, like their next game, they played the Boston Celtics on the road. And they lost to Boston. And then that's a, the stretch where they played the Suns, who had the, like the Celtics had the best record and the Suns had the second-best record in the NBA. And they played the Suns a couple of days later. That's the last time they lost three in a row, which was uh, November 23rd, 25, and 28. Um, So, I mean, that's so long ago. And, and Brendan, more to your point, like, you know, the two games against the Clippers are paramount to this season. You know, putting uh, your your thumb on top of the Pelicans and pushing them down in the standings, huge. The Suns, you know, finding a way to, when, when everything was on the line against the Suns, you're up two and a half games in the standings. They have the tiebreaker, and if you lose to them, they win the season series, and they're within a game and a half of you, uh, and only at that point it would have been two games in the loss column. To win that game was tremendous. Like So we're seeing the, the growth from this team and where they step up in like crucial moments. Now they've got to show it in a, a four-game road trip. First of all, like I'm stunned how good this team is on the road. It doesn't like, I've covered this team forever. Like historically, the Sacramento Kings are are literally one of the worst road teams of all time. They hold the record for the longest road losing streak, yep. which is like forty one or forty two games 40, over. 40, yeah, yeah, over two seasons. That that bad, Brendan. What? What? Yeah. Yes. I'm so happy for you guys that this season's going the way that it is. We weren't. Well, that we was didn't cover us. it when that happened. That was before. Our time. Okay. Okay. That was like 91, 92. They lost that many road games in a row. All of a sudden, the Kings are the best road team in the Western Conference. They're 19 and 13. They actually, like, what's crazy, if they win two of the next four on the road against, what is it, the the Bulls, the uh, Nets, the Wizards, and the Jazz. Three of those teams are non-playoff teams. Or, I mean, I guess you can call the Jazz a, a, a bubble team, right? Um, but they're, they're teams that aren't like pushing ahead. The Nets are the one team that's actually got a winning record. 
Um, but if you can win two of those games, the Kings cement a 500 road record on the season. And like they actually have a possibility at the end of this road trip to have a better road record than they do a home record. And, and that just, it's, it's crazy to me, especially with the way the Sacramento Kings fans have shown up. Because what we're seeing here, what it's been about like five or six weeks, right? Every game is sold out. Every game is either a new high, uh, as far as like I think it's eighteen thousand and one hundred eleven. Is that the is that the record yeah. now? That's um, the record, I believe. Or two eleven? Is it two eleven? I can't remember. Last night was Sorry, eighteen thousand one eleven. One eleven. Okay. And then the Kings just decided like to build like a stage where you can rent it for a party for up to 40 people right next to the NBC set. So like they're trying to add seats in the middle of the season, which they did do. The record for the stadium was like 17,466 or something until this season. And then all of a sudden they're finding ways to fit more fans in the building. They're selling standing room only tickets. So I guess my point was like, again, it's the road where – they feasted and their home record is good, but it's not great, especially against if you look at the other um, the other Western Conference teams that are around them in the standings, all of them have better home records. That doesn't make any sense yet because the Kings should be better at home. Hmm. Um, and then you look at the Warriors, like the Warriors are seven and 26 on the road and they still have eight road games left, I think. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. in trouble. Like, either I've, they're going to find themselves right now or they're done. It's, yeah. I was just thinking about the what you mentioned about the building because, you know, we've seen this team, and maybe it's not fair to say this team because I think last year's team showed a uh, ability to win on the road, be competitive on the road. Um, Golden One Center has taken a long time to kind of create a home court advantage for some reason for the team to find success there. And I think that likely speaks to more overall talent because it's nothing against the fans. I don't want anybody to take it that way. Uh, The fans have been incredible uh, and they have been since that building has opened. Um, But that being said, like now that the talent is there and the wins are starting to to come, uh, you can even see an escalation in the way those, those, those games feel and sound. So um, I, I feel like it's starting to have more of that home court advantage that from yesteryear when Arco Arena and whatever the names prior power balance and all that other crap, uh, what it felt like then, you're starting to get a dose of that now. It's not nearly what it was, but it's get it's getting close. And the atmosphere at essentially every game this season, um, with the exception of maybe a handful, have been just unbelievable. And really, uh, every game since the All-Star break has been fantastic. The opposing team covers are typically saying something about how loud the building is. And I think that says a lot. Like, it is ridiculously loud in there. And, like, yesterday, for example, it's like the first quarter, and it's loud in there. You know, it's it's really all game long. And... They, they got up for the little altercation that happened at the end as well. Um, the fan base has been absolutely phenomenal, and I think they have been for years, but now obviously you get to react differently when the team is is playing at the level that it has. And the players all acknowledge it. Kevin Herter talks about how much he enjoys the environment. Um, 
I forget who it was, but someone on Milwaukee's side was talking about how it's a hostile environment in a good way. And um, it, it's just phenomenal, man. I don't have any explanation, though, for the home and road stuff for Sacramento. I'm curious if you guys have any theories because I just do not understand. I do. Go ahead. Um, I think it's interesting that the Kings never shoot around in their own building. Yeah, they, that's a good point. They do shoot around at in the practice facility, and it's fun, and it's lively, and it has a black backdrop that's really a shooter's backdrop. And I don't, to me, at some point, like we saw it this week, right? The the Kings actually held a, a, a shoot around right before the game. They closed the bowl. That's why we got kicked out of the bowl. Uh, what what was that? The Suns game? Um, I think it I think the was Nets. It was either Nets or Knicks. New Orleans. Or uh, sorry, yeah. yeah, Knicks or New Orleans. It was in the last. It was in the last three games where they kicked us out of the bowl. Uh, oh yeah, the the uh, Suns game was in Phoenix, so it was the Knicks. Yeah, so that's one of those games where they they actually said, "Hey, you guys got to get out of here." I think at some point, like you do, you do need to do your shoot around and. The players still come out and they shoot. They do their pregame warmups on the court, but I think they just feel some of them feel like they aren't that comfortable on their home floor. And I don't know because when you go to other teams, there a lot of times you're shooting your shoot around is in the building because they're not going to let you in their practice facility. Just like the Kings don't let opposing teams in their practice facility. Uh, I just mm, think it's interesting. except for practice. Except for they can practice in their practice facility. It happens a lot where teams will come through and use the Kings practice facility to practice. Okay. Okay. Like yeah. if they have an off day. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. I will but, say actually, but it, 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 it's, it's literally just staggering shoot arounds in order to do that. But in order to do that, typically the home team ends up having to go first. So it's a little earlier. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's and Mike Brown the... likes to go long in the shoot arounds. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Brennan, you were saying, I, I pulled it up while you were talking and actually like what you said definitely makes a lot of sense. And, um, I've heard you mention that before. Actually, their home three-point percentage is 39. Their road is 34, which is shocking considering the 21 and 14 at home and the 19 and 13 on the road. But I guess they actually do shoot better at home. Yeah, but I, I have a reason for that as well. Because Here we go. Most, most of you have more back-to-backs on the road than you do, and you have more three games and four nights on the road than you do at home. And so uh, that's where, like, we've seen Kevin Herter's, um, you know, look at Kevin Herter's splits as, as far as one day off, two days off, three days off, zero days off. Uh, he's not a great back-to-back guy, although he's had a couple of good games lately. Um, but early in the season, he wasn't. And I think the Kings have a couple of guys that are like that, that they're not great uh, at, you know, their three-point percentage dips on the second night of a back-to-back or on the third game in four nights. And most of the time, those are on the road. So I don't know if I believe any of that, James. Um, but I will say, like, it, it is interesting uh, um, that you are you're not wrong in the sense that there are a ton of teams that will uh, not. They would rather do the shoot around on their home court, um, the game where they're going to be playing the game. It's like a what is it? It's kind of like a, a sound check for any band that or music yeah. group that's coming into a a, a concert place, uh, but. I will say, like, they scoring's not the problem. 
obviously I mean these guys can just no. score and yeah. and I think part of it is just the speed and the pace in which they play in with and just how efficient they are and um you know I I think a lot of that has to, but I think when you're on the road too it just you you tend to get a little bit more hyper focused when you come home you might get a little bit more comfortable a little bit more complacent yeah yeah and, yeah. and I think and again I you know it's one of the many arguments I talk about where it's like, you know, culture change doesn't happen in just one year. It doesn't just like flip a switch and then it's all different. Like these are things that we're building this way. Again, last year, I'm not saying Luke Walton was a great coach or anything like that. I'm not trying to make that argument, but there were mechanisms in place that this team showed the ability to be a competitive basketball team on the road. And for whatever, and even in the year before that, like for whatever reason at home, it was, it just wouldn't always click. And you know, I thought that was more of just a sign of a bad basketball team, and it probably was. But this is a good basketball team, and uh, they're able to treat the road as a business trip, as you do. And the level of focus with the team is so much higher um, than in years before. But it's also you've got a lot more vets around. You've got just better overall players, and you've got a better coach. Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, you bring up the vet. They don't have a lot of veterans. Like, the only one who's really, like, a true NBA, like, seasoned vet that's in the rotation or playing at all is is Harrison. Uh, I guess you could say, you know, Sabonis has years under his belt and, and Fox have, yeah. have, you know, they're six years in. But they're not, like, the veteran, veteran guys. You know, they're well, you're the not only having to, Yeah, you're not having to rely on those guys that are, like, second- and third-year players. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, this team you, only got... has two dudes in their 30s. Right. Right, so Delavadova and, and veterans twenty. I mean, you can be twenty five, you can be twenty three, twenty four, and still be a vet. You know, yeah. No, so that's true. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting conversation about the the road and home splits. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, give us a thumbs up if you don't mind, and subscribe if you don't already subscribe to the King's Beat. Uh, if you're listening on any of your other devices. Uh, you know, just the audio file. Um, give us a rating and review if you don't mind. That helps us. Um, so, yeah, uh, this team just keeps winning. The Like, we keep getting down to the wire here. Do you feel like like the experience that they're gaining from games, whether it's the the Phoenix game or the, the Bucks game, do you think it's enough to help them get over this lack of experience when they get to the first round? I think we've reached the point where if they don't make it out of the first round, it would be a disappointment. Hmm. Now, if it was a game seven series against the Lakers or say the Warriors or something like that, like I think that there's a level of understanding, right? Because the difference in experience is so drastic with those teams specifically. But I think that we've reached the point where if they are first round outs that would be disappointing. I think they've shown enough fight. I think that Mike Brown has shown enough of a willingness and success to be creative and there's the word I'm looking for here. I guess flexible with his game plans and just adjustments that, you know, when you're sitting at three or flirting with two for as long as this team has and beating the teams that, I laid out going eight and two post all-star break and you, there's a world where this team has 50 wins. 
they're on pace for just under 49 right now. They'd have to go 10 and five to close out the year. I don't know that I'm betting on that, but like that's reasonable. And I think when you're that caliber of team, like if you're not getting out of the first round, it's a disappointment. Mm, and I didn't think yeah. that earlier, but now I'm there. I think it's uh, like playoff experience, certainly like you'd want, but I also feel like there's a ease, not there's a lack of pressure. There's a freedom, if you will, to a team that doesn't know that what they don't know. You know what I mean? Like you get in there and it's, it, maybe it takes some of the pressure off, you know, obviously some people can go in there and Hey, the moment can, can be too big for them. And we've seen what that looks like, but we've also seen teams that go into playoff series and surprise you a little bit. And I, you can look at uh, how far Dallas made it last year. Look at what Memphis did last year. Um, I think, um, I think, wasn't it Denver that knocked off as an eight seed knocked off the Sonics, George. Carl oh yeah. Way Sonics. back when. Yeah, yeah. Dikembe Mutombo on the court holding the the basketball. Yeah, the 94-95 playoffs, I think, the year before yeah. the Kings made it for the first time. Or the We Believe Warriors. And yeah. and to that point, like, think of the Kings against the, the, the Sonics. I mean, now granted, the Kings lost, but uh, in the 90s. In the 95-96. Yeah. Like, and, and if not for a Mitch Richmond ankle injury, like, what would that have looked like? You know, I mean, that was an incredible, incredible series. Um, look at the Kings. If just to keep it Kings, look at the Kings versus Spurs. If our test doesn't get suspended, I, I think the Kings might have won that series. I really do. They had everything going right for them. It's the last time the Kings were in the playoffs, mind you, but uh, they had a lot going right for them in that in that series uh, up until our test gets suspended and then Brent Berry hits that corner three and things are all different. So, um, uh, point being is, I just think there's a freedom that comes with hey, there's no pressure. The, the even if you win 50 games like you said brendan yeah there might be an expectation hey you're two or three in the west go out there and you know whatever you gotta you're gonna have home court advantage you're gonna be the favorite if you will but i i do wonder if you're playing a team like the warriors the lakers maybe um the clippers depending upon where they finish is it are you the favorite even if you're number two or three going up it's against a, a battle tested season yeah, one of which is a defending champion. They still have all their pieces. Like, will would that be? Would you be the favorite? Would they, you be considered the favorite? And if you are, it's probably Vegas would probably have it at like a point and a half <laughs> in every game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, the Warriors. I, I don't believe they have their team from like their team no, they doesn't don't. look like the same team. No, they don't. like and that's you know even we have no idea what's going to happen with Wiggins and I don't know what his family personal situation is. Um, but even still losing Otto Porter, losing, uh, even Nemanja Bielitsa had a role with that team last year. Uh, Gary Payton, the well, third James, is back, but he's not going to play. And Andrew uh, Wiggins hasn't been around the team for like over a month Yeah, for personal yeah. reasons. And no one knows what's going on there other than the team. And it's, yeah. There's some and he's really had become the second best player on that team. Right. Yeah. Right. And in all honesty, they weren't good when they had everybody healthy early in the season. It's not like we're we're looking at that team. Maybe they were just looking at it like, oh, we don't have to like, you know, we don't have to play hard because it's game eighteen in the season, or whatever. Uh, you know, it's a long season. We can kind of like hang around and then turn it on at the end. But they've been bad. Like they're they're bad on the road and and in crucial games where you're like, oh man, the Warriors could jump right back in this. No. They bomb out. You know, I, I think there are a lot of teams that you look at if you're, 
trying to look at matchups that the Kings don't match up well against. But I don't think there are a lot of teams that actually match up. Like if you flip the, the script and look at the other way, there aren't a lot of teams that are that match up well against the Kings like defensively. Like how there's been no one who can stop them. So like the one team that, that slowed them down in the past were what maybe the Knicks and you know they're not going to face the Knicks in the playoffs but you know the the Timberwolves or or the Pelicans like these aren't teams that you're just like uh like how how are they going to how are the Kings going to adapt just like what we talked about with this game the Kings went up against the best defensive team in the league they scored like 120 something right De'Aaron Fox had 35 points uh Sabonis had a triple double Kevin Herter had 28 points. We can go back to this game and say, okay, if they would have got anything out of Malik Monk or Trey Lyles or, or the bench unit who's been so good over the last couple of weeks, if they would have got anything, they easily could have won that game. I mean, I don't think that's crazy to say. So I, I don't know. What did the bench score like 65 the game before? And what did they score last night? 12? Well, yeah, yeah six a, from Malik, six from Trey, and five from Chemezi. Okay, so yeah. seventeen. And, and to be honest, I mean, again, that's okay. That's not where you lost the game. Oh no, you know, I'm you, not you saying had, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that that's such... where you could have won the game, though. Like if Keegan Murray doesn't miss a bunch of open shots, if if you had some of those guys step up, who actually did hit their shots, you could have been in that game. You could have been even further in that game. You just had to make stops, and and you didn't. Sean, you didn't make stops, man. Gonna, they ain't gonna make no stops against. But you're also, against the but Bucks. I mean, yeah, but you but can't it, hit every I'm, shot either. You know what I mean? So it's like no, no. Especially against the league's best defense, it's it, it's 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 impossible. It's almost more. It's more likely than not to say, you make stops, you win the game. You, you Fox Fox put it perfectly he said that's a team that capitalizes off every mistake you make and he's at, he's 100 percent right him dribbling off his foot what happens next they get a three on the other end i think it was um just every little thing is magnified when you play when you play that team and yeah they just execute so so well and <laughs> man it's just scary it's a scary scary team there's okay like if you're the kings there's not one team that in my opinion that would scare you in the league except the milwaukee Bucks. every other team i like my chances i like my chances in in a sense of being able to compete at a reasonable level at, 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 like go and see what happens chip fall there they the bucks are the one team where i go you got you don't have a shot <laughs> like, all, you, i'm not gonna say you don't have a shot but it's like you have it's the closest thing to not having a shot and yeah, that's I, why i applaud them they played so well last night yeah um, okay, so as of right now, um, the wow, the Mavs are the eight seed, um, and between eight and twelve is separated by a game, uh, with OKC sitting on the outside, Utah Jazz sitting on the outside. Uh, all of these teams are within a half game of each other. If you go to number five and look from five down to uh, twelve, it's a three game separation with you know, uh, depending on how many what team it is, how many games they have left. Like the Clippers are down to 13 games on the season. Uh, the Warriors only have 13. Actually, most of these teams all have 13 or 14 games. Um, who do you guys, let's, let's do the the business of basketball. <laughs> um, who do you guys see as uh, the team that you think that they might match up against? Like who who is it that they're going to play? Like if you were predicting now, 
Well, well can I start with, or do we think the Kings are two or three? Yeah. Okay. To that point, Brennan, to that, or to that question, I should say, they're currently third, right? They're, they're game behind Memphis. Who's won three straight, even without John Morant, uh, six of their yep. last 10. They've got, looks like four and a half games separation for, uh, between them and the Suns. Is that right? Am I reading that right? Um, yeah, let me look. Yep. Three is that what half, it is? Three and a half game separation between the Suns of four, okay? Yeah, but it's a four game in the loss column, and uh, it's a 2-1 season series uh, in favor of the Suns. Correct. So, and yeah. here's another thing to bear in mind. Here, This is their last uh, long road trip, if you will, and five games in seven nights. And uh, our, our good buddy, La Marie, who covers the Clippers, did a good job of showing all the time zones they're going to be traveling to. Uh, like, this one could be a doozy. Like, they could go out and have a losing record coming back. And again, that'll be, that'll be okay. Um, but if they stumble a little bit, you know, just something to keep in mind contextually as you're kind of picking things out here. What I think is interesting is also trying to examine who comes out of the playing tournament. Cause in the last podcast, I held a gun to James head and I said, I said, if you had to pick the two teams that are coming out, I think we're all thinking it's the the Lakers and the Warriors, but the Warriors are up to fifth now. Um, a game a game ahead of seventh, so they're not even in the play-in tournament. So now in the play-in tournament, you're looking at, in this order, Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, and the Pelicans, okay? The Lakers were just out of the play-in tournament two days ago. Um, mm-hmm. Now they find themselves back in, assuming well, that it stays this way. It's 9, 10, 11 are all tied at 33 and 35. Right. And 33 and 36 is Jazz, a half game back. So, so basically, there's only a half game separating nine through uh through 12 yeah yeah i mean this is this is wild so it's like really pick your poison i i think the kings are going to be in the third seed i don't think they're going to fall beyond that i really don't Uh, i don't think phoenix is going to shoot up all of a sudden they don't have kd right now um and really for a couple more weeks it appears so i mean i think it's just kind of moving its way to where you're probably going to play a team like the Clippers, the T-Wolves, or Dallas. I don't want any part of the Lakers if I'm a Kings fan. So we, the the Warriors and the Kings have never pay, played each other in a playoff series, so that could be fun. But I don't know. I, I kind of think it's – if I had to pick one, I kind of think it's going to be Dallas. Hmm. Dallas would be the most favorable matchup in my mind, um, excluding like OKC, Utah, and teams like that. I, I guess you could throw New Orleans in there. I don't know. They're – a weird one. It depends what's going on with Zion, right? And even then, their whole starting group has not played much together at all this year. But Dallas, to me, sounds like the most favorable matchup. I think that it's a team that who's going to score more and give me that in Sacramento's favor every time. Um, I don't want to see the Lakers, as Sean said, from an entertainment standpoint and a travel standpoint. I don't oh, like yeah. the Lakers. Um, but I don't want to see the Lakers when it comes to Sacramento's point of view. Again, that major difference in postseason experience and just LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like, no thanks. I, if we it, rank it's tough them. after that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's tough after that. Like Minnesota, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It'll be interesting to see what, if Cat and Gobert can get on the same page and that team can sort of get rolling. The Clippers, like the Kings are beating them, but, it's still a team that has experience. I would favor the Kings in there in that matchup, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if it went in the Clippers' direction. To me, Dallas is probably my favorite matchup, and the one that scares me the most would be the Lakers or or Golden State if they were to fall back down. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at all the teams. I think they can beat Minnesota. I think uh, they – and then start getting into the question marks like, like will Cat come back? It, will right. Zion play again this season? Like, we don't know the answer to those questions. And, like, even if they do Will come LeBron back, play again? Yeah, will LeBron play again? And, I mean, we talk – you say LeBron and AD. You can't tell me that Anthony Davis is going to make it to the end of the season. He never does. So, like, those teams are scary, but at the same time, they're, like, one sneeze away from someone being out for six weeks. And I think the Lakers, uh, you know, again, they're different than they were before. Um, they're, they're probably, I mean, they're better than they were before, but they also have like the easiest schedule in the NBA in the last half of the season. Uh, right now they have the easiest schedule. Uh, Memphis has the second easiest schedule. Those are teams that like, they're going to be tough to beat, like as far as regular season, just because of what they're facing. The King's schedule is they're down to 14th most difficult schedule left, uh, which is good because they've got through a couple of really tough ones. Um, and then once they get past, I think Boston, it's probably going to dip pretty substantially. They down the stretch, uh, I think they only have uh, they've got they finish with uh, Golden State in Denver. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't I don't know who I'd want to face if I'm the Kings. Uh, I, I think the Clippers are one of those teams that I circle and say I don't want any part of the Clippers, um, even though I think Russell Westbrook makes them like more vulnerable. And I think that strangely switching out Luke Kennard for uh, Eric Gordon, I don't think was a great idea because uh, mm. one of them just plays within the, the game and understands his role. And the other one, uh, you know, does a lot of, you know, he, like me, me, me stuff. Uh, I don't know. So, but I still feel uh, fear. Like the Kings don't have an answer for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, if they get going. And just because the Kings beat them 176, 175, you know, Zubots didn't play, and that does actually matter. Uh, the next time they played, Norman Powell didn't play, and, it, you know, like, so I I don't think it's a great matchup, but, you know, it just depends on which team, uh, Kings team shows up each and every night. So, who, who all right. Would, okay, so hold on. What was your pick then? Again, I'll hold the gun to your head. We'll just do this every time. Who comes out of the play-in tournament as currently constructed? Minnesota, uh... Dallas, Lakers, Pelicans. Uh, let me let me look at the standings really quick. I'm going to tell you that I I don't okay. So I'm going to tell you I, I don't think the Lakers are in the play-in by the time it's done. Um, they're above or out? I think they're above uh, okay, cool. because wow. their schedule is so simple. Right. Um, again, like the Clippers, the Clippers are a game and a half, uh, no, two and a half games up on them for the six seed. Uh, I think the Warriors still like they've got so many road games and they're seven and twenty six on the road. Uh, I think that they're going to have a difficult time. And so uh, I don't know if the Lake, the Warriors will be in the top uh, in the top six when it's all said and done. I think the Clippers will be in the top six, and I, I think the Lakers probably will be in the top six. And so I think it'll be New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, and Dallas. Uh, okay, and... so it comes out. Man. If that's the case, I'm going to say the Lakers and Dallas. Wait, didn't? No. Am I tripping? You said the Lakers don't go into the play-in. No, no, right? not the Lakers. I mean the Warriors and Dallas. 
Warriors and Dallas. Oh, okay, Warriors over and the Dallas. Pelicans okay. and Timberwolves. Um, but again, it's it's a one game playing, so we could be way off base there. Like I I could be totally totally off and and wrong there. Well, it's a one so. game play in tournament. If the lower, if the higher seed wins, if the lower seed wins, you play again. Um, okay, so seven plays it's eight. Like, the winner of that goes is a seven. Nine plays ten, and the winner of that plays the winner of uh, the, the loser, loser of, yeah. of of seven eight. So yeah, you got to win if you're a, one of the the bottom two teams you got to win twice if twice. you're w- yep. one of the top two teams you have to win once to get in but then win a second i mean but if you lose you got to win uh, you, you have to win once i guess is how that would go i don't know it's pretty wild right it's wild that we're having this conversation and then we're talking about the seven like three plays six two plays seven so the kings would have to get two just to to get into that that conversation uh, as and I and I don't know if they'll get to two, because Memphis bounced back a little bit here, and then their schedule is so bad. Uh, they got they got an easy schedule from here on out. And and we get to comfortably have this conversation and not say that the Kings are reasonably within danger of joining that group. I don't think there's any way the Kings drop below four. And I, I don't think I, so either. To be honest, I, I don't think Even. they drop below three, but I don't think they drop below four. My opinion. I'm, I don't know. That's where I'm at too. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're dropping below three. I don't think they can. I don't think they'll go to four. Yeah, I don't think. I don't so think anyone can catch them with with this much time. I just don't think that can that can happen as quickly as 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 things are right now. I think they're locked in pretty well. I think they'll keep separation between four. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and just to get it like put it in perspective, uh, they the Suns do have the tiebreaker of the King. So so basically if. The, the Kings lead them by four games in the loss column right now uh, with 27 to 31 losses. Um, the Kings have 15 games remaining. If the Kings go 11 and four, uh, the Suns have to go 14 and zero. Um, and so you can kind of start doing the math. So, so if the Suns go 10 and four, the Kings can have up to eight losses. Um, yeah, so that, and that's, I don't know, that would put them at seven and eight. That's, that's pretty, so Kings have good, good <laughs> odds there. They play yeah. each other once. So, but, and, and the Kings still have, you know, again, we talked about the Nets, uh, they got Boston, they've got, uh, they've got Denver to finish it, but Denver, the last game of the season and Denver will have some say in like who they want to play and who they don't want to play at that point. Um, cause they'll be looking at the schedule and saying, okay, would we prefer to, to have the Kings be the four seed? Uh, I mean, if it came down to it and they had to choose between the Kings being the four seed or the, the Kings being the three seed and, you know, they would probably choose to play the Kings. And so that might mean that they play harder in the last game of the season. If it comes down to something like that. Uh, but that's again, like second round matchups, not first round. So anyway, all right. Uh, Interesting discussion. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Uh, Brennan, what do you got for us? Final thoughts. The national anthem yesterday was very entertaining. Very entertaining. Anybody that was not in the building, it was a seven-year-old, right? I think seven. Yep. That sang the national anthem. That may be Fergie's daughter. I'm not sure. Kinsley Murray. (laughs) 
I want her to sing every single game <laughs> with that confidence, with that swagger, with that attitude. The voice will get there. She's seven. <laughs> there were some people just crushing this seven-year-old, which you think I would love because I follow sites like Kids Getting Hurt on Instagram, and I it's a must-see site if you haven't seen once it. a week sean mentions this kid's getting hurt page by the way i know you should you're not following it you should if you followed you'd understand what it's all about these kids are fine they're very resilient they bounce back quickly they it's like if a kid falls like they just get right back up and dust themselves if you or i fall maybe not brennan but if james and i fall we're out a week oh yeah i'm out <laughs> at least a week um yeah uh she was great was, man there's a uh Okay, so I think it's a series of unfortunate events, uh, but the Netflix series, uh, that there's a girl who sings and dances all the time who isn't well-liked, and that's what it reminded me of, like the the wow. young girl. I mean, she, she tried to go like gravel voice a couple of times, and it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, I, I, was I, I don't know about you, I was... I was laughing hysterically the entire time, and you were dying. You were yeah. laughing at her, or I was laughing in the moment. It, it, I just thought it was like it was precious, and it was crazy, and it was wild. And every step of the way, she did something new and different, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe she just did that." For me, so... it was the eye contact. She made great eye contact with the camera. The crowd loved. That was probably the loudest ovation of the night, right? Yeah. That was incredible. Players loved it. Bring her back. The confidence, Sean, like you said, is crazy for a seven-year-old man. (laughs) And you know what? Like, I don't know this kid, and I, you know, I don't. I don't either. Apologies, apologies for what I'm about to say. I hope she doesn't have like a pageant mom who's like, you know, oh, honey, this is now your step. We're gonna take you and do all. Just let her have fun, man. She's a kid. Uh, She was, she was tremendous. Her twirl (laughs) after it was over was like precious. We we really should have. I had the video ready for this because uh yeah i because we i did i recorded the end of it i shared it yeah <laughs> you and would then not, so i did it. i said send it to me I'm yeah you beat me it. to sharing it because i wasn't going to share it and then i'm like okay i should probably share this because because sean <laughs> is sharing my video um, i did yeah uh it was pretty special uh okay uh fi- hey, that Brennan, was your are final you thoughts gonna, are you, are you st- Will you still be going to the G League on uh, on Sunday with no Scoot Henderson now being shut down? Oh, oh is that true? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll still be there. Screw it. Already was planning on it, so. That sucks, yeah, though. There There's a I lot of like conversation, the... by the way, if he's actually the number two or not. What do you mean? I think it's uh, Brandon Miller, right, is the Alabama guy that everybody's oh, yeah. talking about? There is I no – I don't think there's any way Brandon Miller's going above Scoot, but – I. I was I was thinking for a moment you were insinuating he would go number one. Uh, oh no 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 no, no he ain't going number one. No. Um, my final thoughts, James. How about uh, are any of you going to come out to NCAA and watch the men's tournament at uh, Golden One Center? Got a few teams in there. You got Arizona I, and UCLA. I really wanted Princeton. to, but I can't because we've got games every night. Yeah, they're, they well. They're yeah. early in the day, James. So most of these are early in the day. Well, yeah, so. but I live an hour away, so it's difficult to go from one spot You're to Snowden. the next and it's still cover. I'm not Snowden. Okay, hang on a sec. Let's see if I can play this. Oh, 
Here it comes. <laughs> she felt that one. We all did. Look, look. Phenomenal. It, it, you have to see the video. You have to see it. You know what I mean? You have to. You had to see this little girl sing her heart out, <laughs> and believe everything she was doing was oh, yes, immaculate. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was spectacular. Um, I also want to shout out. Not only Kinsley Murray, and hopefully she can sing the anthem very, very soon, but uh, Sac State women's hoops, man. They're uh, they're in the tournament. They're going to play UCLA. I know that hurts the Aggie heart of James Hamm, but uh, he'll, he'll root them on, I imagine. I just won't go stingers up. doesn't matter how many times Mike Barnbaum asked me to go stingers up. <laughs> oh, and I remind him Mike. that I went to Davis. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going well, stingers up. Uh, but like, good for them. And it's just like Sacramento sports, like really, really cool. Like the last year between the Republic's run, uh, the the football, uh, Sac State football, Sac State women's. Uh, I guess Sac State baseball had a good run. I, I'm yeah. not sure baseball or softball. I and now you're watching the Kings, so um, well, I can care less what's happened with the Rivercats because the, I'm an A's you. fan, and and you know they stole the team, but. Okay, but the Kings own them now, so I guess there's a little bit of a, you know, in yep. the family sort of thing. I, I will say that uh, you mentioned the Republic, saw Mark Briggs, the head coach, sitting courtside last night. Um, they get underway on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, did we have someone else? Who else was sitting courtside? Didn't we have some? We Brian had the Austin Randos Green, last week. Nick Leisure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sean Austin Green, right? <laughs> Yeah, Brian Austin Green. So Brian Nick Austin Leisure Green. used to be, he's yeah. a director, local director. I actually used to work with him at Channel 10. He was in the marketing department, did a lot of videography, and he's he's directed some movies um, of late. Brian Austin Green actually is the star of a movie that he he uh, did in Sacramento at El Camino High School, and it's like an active shooter type um, movie. He also did uh, a movie about, remember the good guys hostage situation in South Sac? Oh, they actually yeah. did a recreation of that movie. Uh, I think that was his first directorial debut. He did with Mario Van Peebles, Lance Bass, Lance Bass, excuse me, Lance Woods, two different people. Um, actually has a small role in that, so our buddy Lance is in that movie. But yeah, Brian Austin Green was a star of his most recent movie, and I think they're going to use him again in another movie. But you keep bringing Sacramento up Mario guys. Van Peebles and Brian Austin Green, and I keep thinking I'm I may not see some of these movies. Just I saying. Know. Just they're saying. just they're you know they're lower budget. They're not the big you know studio. Yeah, films, so. I went to high school with a guy named Zach Helm who uh, wrote Stranger Than Fiction uh, and Mr. Magorium's oh. Wonder Emporium and directed I think either one or both of those. Um, yeah. yeah, Brennan has no idea what any of those movies are. No, but you know what does pique my interest is this hostage situation. Like I'm a true crime guy, so I'm definitely going to watch some videos on this. I didn't know oh, this was they... a thing. The, the good, good guys, guys yeah. Apparently in '91. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. It was wild, dude. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, totally wild. And I, good guys is like there used to be good guys in Circuit Cities. Like the modern day is Best Buy, maybe, um, but they were all electronic stores and big like that. Like kind of, uh, like they're, they're before your time, which is funny uh, that all of those stores are now gone. But um, yeah, like Best Buy is the only thing that's remotely like that now 
uh, and it was it was crazy. Some dudes went in and held everyone hostage, and I don't remember the whole outcome. It, it's been so long. Yeah, yeah. It, it was bad though. Uh, it was not good. Um, uh, so we're leaving on a like, downer again. We got to uplift. Final thoughts. <laughs> yeah. What were, uh, my final thoughts? Final uh, thoughts. Have some have some goddamn urinal uh, goddamn uh, discipline. Shot. If, if, if you're if you're a, if you're a man out there, or a young child, young boy, have some urinal discipline, huh? Urinal and wash your hands afterwards. There we go. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? It's an inside joke that uh, we're not going to share the inside uh, of, of. Maybe on what the happy hour. Joke is. Maybe on the happy Ooh, hour. Oh, you know what? The happy hour. Right there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my final Poor thoughts. Brendan. Uh, number one, uh, my guys, D'Lo and Casey will be at Sky River Casino in Elk Grove, the new casino in Elk Grove on, uh, Friday doing a live show, I think from noon to four, I think I will drive down and be part of that. It's a Open heck bar. of a, it's a heck of a jaunt. Um, there might be like a dinner afterwards, Sean, if you want to come over and join us, like come over and join us. Um, so working. Yeah. anyway, a uh, big shout out, uh, that, what's that? What day of the week did you say? Friday. Gotcha. Yeah. So Sky River Casino in Elk Grove. Uh, it, they're the a new huge sponsor for D-Lo and Casey, which are my guys. Um, also, like, you guys need to make in fun of me for my prize picks because I'm really bad at prize picks. Really bad. Like, uh, I think I'm one in, like, five or one in six. Uh, but they're uh, the cool sponsor here at the Kingspeed Podcast. So, uh, yeah. And, and then um, – like I looked at the schedule. This week is bad because of NCAA and everything else. But next Thursday, uh, it looks like we're going to do the happy hour. So I, I, I sent out some emails, uh, some texts and stuff for a guest. Uh, and so let's look at next Thursday. Hopefully, you guys, Sean and Brendan, can work with me on next Thursday. But uh, no Kings game next Thursday night, and uh, we're going to try to put together a happy hour for that night. So uh, we have a ton, a ton of new Kings beat people. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not a premium subscriber, you won't get the invite to the happy hour, but, uh, the happy hours are the bomb. They're super fun and we have a great time. Um, so off the record with hoot at one point, I did, I did call them a hoot. Uh, they are fun. Um, so that's going to be next Thursday. We'll, we'll schedule a happy hour and go from like five 30, like normal. Maybe we can do it at that casino. (laughs) Oh, I, I think that they would probably like, be all in on us doing a, a live show at the casino um but oh, yeah, uh, i don't know if it would be like that quick we could turn something around sean so uh we'll we'll do a live show uh it's specific i think we'll do a live show this summer when we have a little bit more time on our hands and we can actually um you know participate and like have a good time and and be around everybody so we could also uh, just show up just show up in a room get some drinks Show up in back, a room. have some conversations. We Sean just wants it. to invite like everybody up to my house. We'll just do it here in the bar. Yeah. yeah. Got to get through the gate, get through security. Get, get through security, get through the gate. Wander I out on the boat. On the list. That's right. We <laughs> yeah. could do it on, out on a boat. I, I could probably fit a good 30 people out on the boats, uh, string the boats together. Um, okay. Oh, that's fun. That's, uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the King's Beat Podcast. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the King's Beat, go to thekingsbeat.com. Uh, if you're not a premium subscriber to the King's Beat, upgrade. Uh, so you get invites to things like the happy hour and then all of the content that we do here on the King's Beat. Uh, you know, the King's got a really, really big four-game road trip right now. And, 
you know, this this might be one of those ones that's a little bit defining, especially with, with what happens when they get back. Um, so for uh, Fox 40s, Sean Cunningham, and Brenda Nunez from the King's Pulse podcast, I am James Hammond, King's Insider for ESPN 1320 and the King's Beat. See you very soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com